You're good to go? Excellent. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And uh, before we, I introduce you my, uh, to my guests, uh, make sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the channel you're watching or listening to. And uh, today I have a really, a really special guest on. Is, uh, I call him my Black Card Books brother. He's like a brother to me. We've, we've gone through this journey together in uh, trying to write our books. And his book just came out, so I'm really excited to have him on. I'm going to introduce you to Vincent Chang. Thank you so much for joining me today, Vincent. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, you're definitely my sister here on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about how it all started and even before yeah. that. Uh, so excited. Thank you. That's yeah, and as we just before we started recording, uh, we were talking about that 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 first journey when we first started, and how far that those two years seems like it's so long ago. But before we get into that, let's talk about you. You have an incredible life, and that's what I always fascinated me because uh, you were an engineer. And then you you were an international conductor conducting orchestras, and then you went into psychotherapy. Now you're this this amazing entrepreneur. So you've got quite the uh, the span of uh, of experience there. So can you tell us a little bit about your story about your journey? I think it all starts when when I was a kid, um, and the feeling that you I got was I got bored very quickly with a lot of things and in the beginning it was seen as something negative mm-hmm. you know you never you never stick to something you never th- but as i look back it's because i was able to get to a level with something that in a short amount of time that most people might, might take longer whether it be academics or sports or video games or whatever it is yeah. um, that I got to that point where I'm done. It's, 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 it's good. Like, let's go to the next thing. And <laughs> now reflecting back that, that was a, a superpower of mine. And I know you work with children and educating and, yeah. and this new way of, you know, connecting of learning that I wish I had that because it was seen as, Oh, you're, you're too smart. You're too fast. You're too good. You're too whatever. And <laughs> this comparison between you and someone else creates this, there's something wrong with me. If I'm different, if I'm not the same, all hundred people, hundred kids are like this, but I'm like this, that means something's wrong. And that sort of kept me to a, a place where I, 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 I stopped growing. I, I, I recluded, you know, I was just like being alone. So this journey to become the engineer and to start it as, okay, this is the, 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 the right place you should go get a stable career, go to school and get a job and get a family, get a house, get a horror, you know, all that stuff. And the minute I think I stepped into university at that first semester, this wave of, I don't know, call it depression came on. I'm like, what yeah. the hell am I doing here? <laughs> I am like, going to, I, I just didn't enjoy anything at all. And, but then I, I have to, it's like almost you, you get to this point of we're conditioned that you have to do something. You should do something. You have to follow the rules. And I realized 
if I'm reflecting on my life, like, no, I broke the rules always. I'm always bending your rules. In fact, you know, my, my, my seventh grade, uh, I loved his, this teacher, Mr. Kara, like he bent the rules to accommodate me and another kid in class. Like he said, here's all the math homework for your entire grade seven. And he gives it to us the first day. He's like, you can finish it or you can do it with us each week. Uh, And I think I I finished the whole year's worth of homework in like two weeks or a week. I'm like, every day I'm just go, 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 go. And I'm like, I'm done. And he's like, great. Okay. You've joined the grade eight math class starting today. So yeah. I was already, but he offered that opportunity and that space and somebody else did that last year. Um, so this sort of the rules, this, we'll get into that. I think once you step back and you say, who sets these rules, like who tells us what the right path or the right life or the right way to live is or are like, no. So when I saw that, I, I said, you know what? I have a choice. If I'm suffering. I'm depressed <laughs> at you know doing it. And yeah. I, I have I still have five years. Oh my gosh! I just started. <laughs> yeah. What do I do? Okay. You know what? I'm gonna make the best of it. And I think that's one of my my traits. Like even though I was very very upset and angry, frustrated, I always found a way to make the most of fun or happiness, <laughs> whether. You know, it's, it's, you know, reading a ton of books and playing games. Like I would always be like excited. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of my mechanism of, of coping, you know, despite, you know, getting bullied at school, not even by students, by teachers. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's another level. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Oh, like a teacher. And I heard from other teachers, oh, this teacher's jealous of you. I'm eight years old. Come on. <laughs> Exactly. So I was like, you know what? That was me disconnecting from all of that mess. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to have fun as much as I can. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So in university, I joined every club. You know, I joined the drama club. I started going into the arts. I'm like, I played the piano for the first time seriously in my entire life. I'm going to play that. Oh, here's here's a piano studio. Nobody, you know what? Let me just play and every weekend because i was at waterloo um so every weekend i would go back out because i would have to play the the organ at the churches and the, and I'm yeah. like, you know what i'm gonna learn this piece i've never learned before so i brought it i brought pieces back and i would spend hours playing the piano hours playing basketball <laughs> shorted clubs i could tell you at uh, Right. <laughs> I think I said this a few times before. I could count the number of classes I actually went to mm. in my whole career at engineering. Wow. Which is I I I I I I skipped most of them. I didn't go to any of them. Uh and it's a miracle I made it out alive. <laughs> but there was, I don't know, like, you know, that there's just something about this structure, this like, you know, yeah. the lectures. And, and I saw through that very early on. I'm like, well, if this is the formula, 
Okay. <laughs> so I literally like took a textbook and I put it in a blender, mixed it with some sugar and water and then drank it and then puked it out at the exam and hope for the best. <laughs> right. Yeah. And most of the time, but 95% of the time it got me through. What is yeah. that? Like, what is yeah. that? Um, yeah. So, so that began this already, this, this, this calling of, you know, something's off here. And by me taking the time to explore what I love to do, what was fun, the arts, you know, acting, expression, creativity, it, yeah. it's paved the way then on to make the choice after only, I think I was working like seven years in the engineering industry after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Oh, not to mention that all my electives, which were very few because you were forced to take certain electives as an engineer. <laughs> uh, I used them all to either do a music course, which I can tell you the only course that I really learned something from in my five years, which is soundtracks and film. I love movies and I love music. That's one elective. And the rest were psychology. Mm. So at that time, I was fascinated with the why. Why do we think this way? Why do I feel this way? Why do people behave this way? Why am I not having a relationship where everybody does this? Why am I shy? Why am I all all of this? And so those, the seeds were sown through Mm. the resistance or through the just like darkness of doing something I didn't want to do or I did it for whatever reason that I had no idea. It was not my reason, yeah. truly. Yeah. So that's that began the psychotherapy journey already. That began the music journey. But even before that, you know, I, I grew up playing the piano and but it was never seen as something I would do professionally. It was <laughs> You know, you, you take karate lessons, you take swimming lessons, you take, well, growing up Asian, I took basket weaving, pony riding lessons. Like, you're going to take everything <laughs> that under the sun, there was no weekends, right? right. And I think I, I really was, now you've seen maybe some of my videos, I love car racing. Yeah. Mom, why did you take me car racing lessons? Come on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so there there's there's so much there that that we get exposed to um but if you look at what is the reason for it maybe to be more diverse to to have certain abilities which is great uh but truly i feel like i want to be exposed to something because i love to do it or i have this interest and often this interest is placed on you like mm-hmm. do this or swim or do this. like you you don't we don't know the why we really yeah. don't know the why as kids and that's where i first dis- had the opportunity to discover my why like why am i doing this what is this for and i think you know that is the question that we can ask ourselves a lot more and really deeply reflect you know i remember on our 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 beginning our, our, our boot camps you know yeah. with jerry leading like one of the most impactful parts with it was this six-step question of why is this important to you mm-hmm. and you don't ask it once you ask it 
six times to go deeper. Yeah. Why is it important? To, and then you get to this place of real depth of emotion. Like, oh, because I don't f- want to feel that I'm not worthy of any value or respect. Mm-hmm. Or Like you get to that deep place rather than, oh, it's to make a good living. It's to, you know, no, it's something that people like or, you know, no. Coming to that deep place of the why at, at, at your core sort of exposed vulnerable self that's the key and and each time I've, i made a huge shift as if i made an entire life change was because i asked that why mm-hmm. yeah and that's incredible it gives you uh, i honestly you touch so much on this growing up you're kind of given a why and you don't know why <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't resonate with you and I don't know anybody who said from little you know from younger age saying yeah that's what I wanted to do from day one you know it was just it's kind of imposed and then I love that you said that that first semester going in and you were already in a dark place because I've been through it too and I was trying to explain it to people back in the day you didn't even talk about that Um, and it was just like but what do you got to complain about? You're in a good school. You're in an Ivy League. You know, you're in a good program. You've got honors. You've got this, this, what? You, and it was the same later on with my job. I was miserable at my job. I loved what I did. But for some reason, I was miserable there. And I was like, well, but you're making a good living. You've got, you know, you're getting a pension. You have a health care. You have this. It was always that. But what do you, I felt like I was ungrateful for what I had. And it, it just didn't see it. We need to teach this to our children so that they know when it doesn't feel right before they make themselves sick over it and, uh, you know, and, and be miserable their entire life. So I love that you mentioned that and that that step that not going to the surface, because those first answers of the why is always this what we've been programmed to think it's well, I have to make a living. I want to retire at a certain age. I want my children to have a good future. You know, you, you go down and all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, I want to make a contribution. Oh, okay, now we're we're getting deeper, at, you know, moving down. So I think that's amazing. And, um, obviously, with all the changes that you've done, and you're, we were talking earlier before we started recording, that there's, there's still some more changes to come. But um, can, can you talk to me a little bit about some of the habits that you've worked how we're programmed our mindset so we have to let some of those old beliefs go to be able to move on to the next level of growth and can you can you talk a little bit about going through engineering conducting all of that and and what where you're at now some of the the mindset the habits that we're really challenging to let go of kind of almost afraid to let it go absolutely the you know, bringing in a lot of my psychotherapy studying and and and, and work, you know, the, the whole concept is to bring what's unconscious, what we're not aware of, conscious, so that we're aware. Because if we're not aware of it, we don't have any power over it. We don't know what's happening. We don't know. So even if something is off, if we don't know what to do with it, we, you know, we're just lost. So having that ability to look back at how our unconscious habits have formed to keep us usually avoiding pain. So yes. some of the habits I've developed, well, I I don't want to feel ashamed or upset or, or depressed about my situation. 
or even how I look, you know, how I feel. And so what do I do? Well, I don't want to feel it. And I talk about this in you know, the basic concepts. Most people do, but it's in, in my book, you know, Heal the Source, yeah. where the don't want mindset. Well, I don't want to feel criticized or judged. I don't want to feel rejected. I don't want, don't want. So I don't want to feel that way. So what do I do? Let's do things that won't get me to feel that. So let's pour myself into more, you know, feeling dopamine things, whether, mm-hmm. you know, partying, like, like drinking, or let's go to uh, video games. Like, that's why, you know, a lot of kids play that because it's, it's a, a way, it's an easy way. It's what they mm-hmm. know. Like, if I, if I go here, then I don't have to experience this. So it's a don't want. You know? yeah. And unconsciously, that is perpetuating a cycle that will keep you in that state because you're just only avoiding it for a time until you have to do it again until you have to do it again and for me that that was one of the habits i have to be more aware of by exploring what it is i'm truly not wanting mm-hmm. and once i'm able to face it to embrace it wow you know a lot of my life i just felt like i'm nothing i'm useless i'm disgusting <laughs> and once i'm able to honor that truth and connect to that part of me that needed something in that place. Now I don't have to avoid this. Don't want because I've, there's nothing to avoid because if I'm truly loving this part of me, that's rejected. Well, now I'm no longer rejected. So yeah. there is no, so that is a habit that that's formed and it's part of my, my, the heal the source method that if I've, I've seen for myself and with people that I help, that's you get to the source of what you really do want. But first we have to look at for the source of what you didn't want. And it's not, I don't want this job. Like <laughs> it's much deeper than that. Right. <laughs> like if it's just a job, you could just leave. Yeah. But the job is attached to your identity. It's attached to your worth. It is attached to expectations of belonging and all these other things. And once we get to that source, now you have power. Now you have choice. It's like, ah, if I only want to avoid from this surface, you know, these decisions and paths. No, if I'm here, now I'm offered maybe two choices. Either I reject myself or I accept myself. And that is that true surrender, surrendering to all these constructs that they would call it the little ego, right? Mm-hmm. That there's just like, oh, you're, you're just not defined, but we're trying to fit in to this mold so that we don't disintegrate psychologically. Uh, so right. if you look at every time I've made a huge decision to completely change my life, that in a sense is me dying psychologically mm-hmm. to who I am. And, and it's, it's not the same as, you know, you would tell, oh, it's dying. Like suicide is a very different concept in a construct. It's actually, I don't want in, mm-hmm. in the deepest sense. I don't want to live this life. I don't have any other choices, but this true surrender. If you look at a lot of spiritual leaders, you know, whether you know, Buddha or Jesus or, they truly surrendered to that sense of self, which gave them ultimate essence of their true self. And I think that's the journey. 
Like once you start listening and getting, you're able to get to that true sense of who you are. Okay. <laughs> then you begin to operate in that place versus this matrix we're plugged in. <laughs> you got to do this, do this, do this. And, and I don't know, you've seen it. Now most people have that <laughs> when he awoke, he realized that it was all uh, made up an illusion and he couldn't accept it. So this yeah. is a whole journey of you balancing, understanding your mind, your body and your spirit and getting <laughs> to that place of, can you make that choice? Because deep down, once you start listening, uh, that's why I do a lot of meditation, exploring, self-discovery, reading tons of books. It's like, there's a call. There has been a call. You, you know this. It's like, yeah. you got to do this. And you're like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to give it up. <laughs> what will people think? Uh, I spent all this time doing this. Like, But once you do it, once I decided to leave my job, it was like, I had mm -hmm. to do it. And I was given a miracle of another life because I closed that door. And so as time went on, it, you know, took me, I don't know, seven years to do that. Then mm -hmm. the next, it took me five and the next, it took me three. And now it's, you know, <laughs> yeah, you just get better and better at living a completely different way. So it, it's having someone to explore some of these blocks with will help you see what yeah. habits are not serving you and to, to create new habits that do serve you. Yeah. It's, it's it, so powerful. And you really do need that help. Cause that's one thing that I was stubborn on was I'll do this on my own, you know, like I'm fine, <laughs> but that infamous I'm fine. And <laughs> to have somebody you're sometimes you're just so caught up in that, programming that you had that you don't even see what you're doing you don't actually see that it's second nature you just automatically fall into that that habit so when you have somebody call you out on it it really shakes the cage a little bit <laughs> and then you just and then you, it's, it's that decision okay I'm, I'm not comfortable here I gotta move but uh, it's it's not easy you mentioned uh, your book because you have a method that healed the source and you also people mm -hmm. that work with you and you have retreats and all of that um, you talk a lot about um, having those that that long lasting fulfillment to reach that where you get to the source of what you don't want and change it into what you actually do want. Um, can you give us a little bit of some of the small steps people can take today to get to that long lasting fulfillment? I think the the first step is to really acknowledge with honesty of where you're at that really asking where am I at? What am I truly feeling with no filter? <laughs> and to even say to yourself, or it's even with, with someone else that can guide you and, and hold space for that. Cause often we don't want to say those things. We don't even want to admit it. It's so painful. We're conditioned that way. Avoid pain, shame, sadness, frustration, fear, and <laughs> only seek pleasure. So, but when we do that unconsciously, we're, what we're doing is we're rejecting who we are. So if I'm upset and I tell you I'm fine, there's an incongruency. I'm in conflict with myself. I'm not fine. I'm sad, <laughs> but I tell you I'm fine. <laughs> 
so what's really happening to yourself? You're like, you're, you're, you're positive and negative at the same time. You don't know what's going on. And, and this inner conflict, I think, drives most of our illnesses. It can manifest from that psychological level, mental level, emotional to physical. And I've seen it. You've probably yeah. seen it too. It's like, yeah. well, I, I'm fine, but why am I? I can't get up in the morning. I'm sick. My back hurts. I'm feeling all this pain. And mm-hmm. like we're manifesting this inner turmoil by saying, I'm not acknowledging where we're actually at. So that present moment, but that is not easy to do. We're, we're not able to say, hey, I'm just completely overwhelmed. I am so terrified. Uh, I don't know if I can make my next meal. And I mm-hmm. just feel so ashamed of that. And you enter in that space. You're like, who can you tell that to? Exactly. And imagine you do that, right? It's like, what? And why can't we say that? Well, that's the source of the don't want. Mm-hmm. Well, what am I fearing if I say that? Judgment, criticism. Ultimately, in, in the book, I... I I condense, I've, I've able to find the formula sort of like, there's only one fear, really <clears throat> the fear of non-existence. And we cease to exist when we are rejected, when we <clears throat> feel rejected by other. And if that's the worst form of fear, let's find all different ways to stop that from happening. I will sacrifice who I am to, to be liked. I will stay here and do this and uh, bend over backwards and, you know, dive myself into other things that, you know, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, so that I don't get rejected. But in a sense, we don't realize the self-rejection is the worst of all. Mm-hmm. And it's happening. The yeah. minute I say I'm fine when I'm sad, I've rejected me mm-hmm. in the sadness but we're not aware of that. So that's part of the process. I, if, if I get someone to be aware of that, wow, I'm actually rejecting. And <laughs> we see how often we say no to ourselves. And that's the first yeah. chapter, saying that's yes amazing. to you. Like, how often do we say yes to us? We'll feel Hardly. guilty, selfish, judge. You know? Like, you know, if someone else is sad and you're happy, somehow you feel like you don't deserve to be happy because someone else is sad. And it's like, I think that's the construct of the separation, which is underneath. I don't want, if I'm happy, I don't want you to feel more upset about me. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with them. It's all about how you feel. And the more you can do that reflection, the more power and mastery you have over your own emotional state. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really it. Can we ask ourselves truly where we're at, honestly, truthfully? And the more we can do that, this is where I'm at. Now we can begin the process of acceptance. So we're going to choose not to reject ourselves. We're going to choose to accept. By how do we do that? Well, we need a model. We need someone to teach us how to do that. So what I do as a therapist or even the coach is I'm going to accept you no matter what. I'm going to invite you to accept yourself no matter what, despite all the fear, terror, judgment. And then you're in that space of called 
complete vulnerability. Yeah. And you're like, it's so difficult. And the more you expose yourself to it, you're still accepted. You begin to trust that you can be in it without escaping it, without rejecting yourself in it. And so this whole process is about acceptance. And that's really all we want. You know, we, we don't understand the concept, like the feeling of it. It's like everybody wants to be loved and wants to be, you know, <laughs> loving someone else. But what does that really mean? No. But if I say everybody wants to avoid feeling rejected, you can click it so yeah. much easier. So from that space, we have to guide to exposing ourselves to be accepted. That is a completely scary place because we have to expose the part of us we want to reject. And it's a paradox, really. So you're like, yeah, I can be, I can be. We build that trust. And once you can, now you feel like you can be loved no matter what versus I'm going to expect rejection you know, yeah. I'm going to be decimated by that's the fear of non-existence. If you reject me, I don't exist in your eyes, mm-hmm. but we've been conditioned to build our own identity based on how we feel about someone else feeling about us. So it's this meta thinking, almost meta yeah. identity. So we lose ourselves because we think the other person has defined us. Mm-hmm. Even if I say you are the most worthless entrepreneur of all time, mm-hmm. you're like, what, 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 why? Do, what? So your body, your unconscious already reacting to it because a part of you has believed it. We're just conditioned yeah. to believe others. We're, we're, we're that, you know, beings that depend, but this is about you, de- you de- creating your own definition. Mm-hmm. Who are you? what are you so i think having that boundary and that's the that's the training too boundarying other people's beliefs about you versus already defending against it and you know reacting against it and or trying to prove them wrong and trying to prove that you're worthy of their attention and yeah i think that's a it's a good uh, and you kind of said it too because people will say, well, how do I do that? How do I know if I'm, you know, I'm right. And you said it, your body, you physically react to it. You just either get that shock or somebody says something and you're just physically already all tensed up and the heartbeat. So pay attention to what your body is telling you. And, and that's how you'll know where to, where to focus. So that's, uh, how would you, because I work with children, so obviously I'm always saying we need to teach children about this early on. That's and it's so important. It's part of the development at a certain age when they're in this, the primary uh, school age, where they seek validation from their peers. They move away from wanting to be they wanting to please the adults, and now they want to please their their friends. Uh, so that's all about being accepted, and it's all <laughs> that's part of the development. How do you? Um, how would you say you could? kind of teach children to to take notice of that 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 acceptance and that uh, what what would what are your thoughts on it i'm kind of curious to know oh yeah that's a uh, that's a great 
great question because mm. a lot of the times you know we don't learn by being talked to we don't <laughs> learn by you know you read a book mm. and no we're learning unconsciously our superpower is unconscious they're like i just heard like we have but the universe in our mind. We have infinite yeah. amount of, you know, ex, you know, storage. We learn through the modeling of others that the feeling that's created, the bond. And so if we want to teach, we first have to be the example. Yeah. So what is the example we want to do? So if I'm feeling rejected, if I'm feeling not accepted, what is happening? I'm feeling ashamed. I'm feeling uh, alone and all of these things. Are we, for our kids, able to tolerate that feeling? How do we process it in ourselves? And us doing it in their presence creates the learning. So right. you almost, the best way to teach is nonverbal. The more you start to talk, talking, I, one of my other mentors says, talking is the most primitive form of communication. <laughs> like, just, just don't. Even as a conductor, like, yeah. I, one of my teachers is like, talk, don't talk, show, don't talk, show, show. <laughs> and we show with our energy, with our feeling. Let's say I'm in the grocery store with my child and someone comes up so mean and says, you did this, you, you, you dropped this off uh, and, and you, you pushed me and you did not. And then some other reactions might be, what are you talking about? I didn't do anything. What are you, yeah, because I'm now yeah. feeling stupid. I'm feeling like I did something wrong. But before I do that, I'm able to understand that I'm being triggered to a state yeah. of insecurity or whatever. It's bringing up beliefs about me based on this person. Wait, I'm not okay. Hey, I get that you're upset. Now I'm I'm remaining in my half state. So I talk about yeah. the lack state and the half state. The moment I'm triggered, I'm in lack. I need to something, something's missing. I'm like, it's like, okay, tell me what's going on. Like, how can I help you? Or are you really upset? Okay, I feel like you did this. Um, no, I, I was here. Like <laughs> So you see how I'd be able to boundary their reaction with, with mine. Like I don't yeah. lose me. And now a child observing me, like that's, that's different. Like, okay, that's how we can teach. And, and I think teachers and parents uh, more so that, oh, you don't say this like this to someone else, or you can't do that. And th they have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Because they, they go they and see you like, punch someone else right when you're triggered right like that's what they see that's what they're gonna learn uh, yeah I, I call it the window of tolerance we learn about this the more we're able to tolerate this uncomfortable feeling of the trigger yeah. create space now we have choice so if we are able to do that in the energy we have choice now a child sees i have choice hmm. what can i choose here Oh, I've seen people choose this. I've seen people choose this. What is the result? Oh, at the end of the day. Now, after that incident, we go to the car and we go home. We have a beautiful day and we enjoy it. Yeah. Or the cops are called and now I'm the thing. And we go back and I'm just swearing nonstop about this person. And guess what the child's going to hear? Yeah. 
So that that form of teaching where we want to be like, I would expose more that we teach so much based on how we act and how we feel and how we speak based on our day-to-day versus what specifically we want to teach them. When we're trying to teach a lesson. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I like that you said that too, because children speak a hundred languages, but there's only one that's spoken. Everything else is nonverbal. So they catch on. We, as adults, we lose that. We only focus on the the verbal, the, the words that are coming out of our mouth, but children pick up on everything else. So even if you're trying to calm down, in a situation like you said, somebody comes and confronts you, your nonverbal will speak as well so that the children will know, okay, they're, they're saying something, but their body's saying something completely different and they pick up on that as well. So, uh, no, it's, it's good. I like that. It's, it's what you do that teaches the children. It's not what you say. And uh, that, that can trigger a lot of adults because they're thinking, well, this guy cut me off. Like, I have to react. That's just how I am. But, yeah, okay, well, then you got to have to live with the fact that that's what your child is going to do. <laughs> that's how they're going to react. And to add to it even is um, in that situation where the like, cops are called or anything, they're going to even think, well, what could I, I – I couldn't do anything to stop it, so I must be horrible because now – my, you know, mommy or daddy are in trouble and I couldn't stop it. So we are adding on to that. And that's another topic. But yeah, it's it, we got to start early so that it's easier for them uh, to be able to make those changes later on in, the, in their adult life. Uh, when um, I want to talk about your book, but and, and I'm saying I could talk. I said this before I could talk to you all day. But before <laughs> before we talk before we talk about the book, can you kind of explain? Okay, first let's go personal. How do you find balance in between work, family, uh, you know, starting new businesses, starting new programs, starting uh, writing a book, all of that? How do you personally find the balance between all of that? That has been one of the biggest challenges and mm-hmm. especially recently with with the new entrepreneur building a business writing the book and and i of course still have my full-time therapy practice and the music mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of adjustment and especially with the pandemic that happened we were mm-hmm. forced to change and adjust drastically like day to night boom you know, can't do this and not go with this. And uh, to really take the time to honor the change. I, I call it every time we have change, we're grieving. We're grieving a loss. We're an old part of us and stepping into the new. And when we're not able to do that, the unconscious habit that comes in is force it and, you know, get into this new space. You're expected. And I found myself working all day, you know, filling up my hours, even though I enjoyed it, you get to see that the signs of your body is like, okay, you're reaching a limit. It's to know what your limits are and to be kind to yourself when you're setting them. It's okay to have drives and goals and and reach them. And yes, uh, but we are our harshest critics. we, We set these most of the time impossible bars <laughs> like yes. do this you know I'm like no and i'm driving through it every day and then i'm neglecting now it's going to show up with irritation 
And and I think that the biggest, uh, the next book is all about time, mm-hmm. how we relate to time. Once you start to have an expression of anger or frustration or sadness that I don't have enough time, I never have enough time, um, where it'd be my relationship. I'm like, you know, I get so upset that when I do have that hour, like she's late, she's on her phone. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, like, ah! I'm like, hold on a second. Okay. Is it, is it there? It's a short time. And oh, oh, I needed to really honor that time. So I had to do, I worked with another therapist of how do I manage my time by really analyzing here. I think I'm spending five hours and I'm taking a two hour break. But in those five hours, I have a really energetic coaching call. I have three deep, intense clients of therapy. Plus, I have, you know, this other seminar that I did. Well, each of these have a different way of reacting or or engaging with it in terms of energy or emotions, whatever. And in my mind, I said, it's five hours. Okay, I can do five hours. But in essence, it feels like it's 12. (laughs) on my body. So I need to say, okay, wait a second. I can't do these all at the same time. I have to do this. I have to do this. So gathering data for yourself by doing the self-reflection, self-evaluation, I have a schedule I write in, I put the numbers of like, oh, okay. And now I I look at my schedule most of the time each week and I'm like, okay, because I allow clients to book ahead of time on my calendar. I'm like, usually if I don't put a lunch time, if I don't mm-hmm. put a travel time, it's, and it happened, like I would go days, 10 hours straight or nine hours straight. I didn't think yeah. anything was up with that. <laughs> but no, it's looking true. at it now, that's absurd, right? That's, yeah. that, why would I put myself through that? And again, self-rejection. <laughs> I'm not saying yes to me. I need yeah. a, a vacation. I need time. I need this time off. I need lunch. It's important to me. And so asking those questions and, and at the end of the day, you get to decide that you can't get it wrong. It's your life. It's your schedule. Mm-hmm. But yeah. all, we often don't realize we're setting an impossible prison of a schedule for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly saying no to who we are <laughs> to fulfill something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was caught into that. Like, Oh, I need to make a million dollars. So what if I made a million dollars? I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. You know, we don't tie that together because we, we, we attach ourselves to the goals and we then form our identities to those goals and then we don't achieve it. And now we say we're nothing because we don't achieve it. All unconscious beliefs that are created. So let's yeah. be more conscious. How do I want? I want to enjoy. I want to have an easy life. I want to be happy. I want to have fulfillment purpose. What does that mean? Okay. Does it mean, you know, trying to save the world 24 hours a day? No, I create that. So, yeah, be be aware of what you want to create and and how you want to live. It's okay. You get to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and it will change. So sometimes, like you said, it's it's still sometimes it can be a struggle because you find something that works, and then there's some changes, and then you have to readjust. So you need to keep you need to keep uh, track of how you're reacting. And I, I like that. I like what you said that. 
Um, so let's talk about what's coming up for you. What's what's new? What's exciting? Which uh, let's let's drive. Let's go right into it. Yeah, something really exciting. Now that the book is out, uh, like you know, go to go to healthesource.com. You can you know, you know mm-hmm. download the first three chapters and 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 you know, even connect with me if you would like. That it's it's another chapter of my life. It's like wow, it's huge, and you know, often we get to these goals and we're like, okay, I think I've done something, or I want to do something more, but. Again, it's like that the next door is about to open and sometimes we got to close some doors mm-hmm. right? that we got to really do some reflection. Okay, uh, what's next? What, what's, what's going to best serve the next phase of my life mission? Mm-hmm. Uh, and oftentimes our little ego says, no, that's not right. Stay here, do this, and this is what you need. And uh, But if we look, I look back and like, no, all, all those times when I truly honored that voice of you got to step into it and it's okay. And it's, it's liberating. It's scary, but it's also <laughs> exciting. And like, you're, it, you know, they, people call it the dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. like where you're forced to really look within and say, what is the meaning of your life? Because yeah. we can reach a goal and that's it. Every time you reach a goal, that's it. Now you're mm-hmm. in limbo. I need That's another right. goal. I need another like, thing. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> so instead of going back to my old habits of just finding that other thing and going at it, or just, you know, hamster wheeling and whatever I have, let's take a step back and be nothing. Can I do that? What's going to happen to me? Oh no, I'm scared of that because I'm not productive. I'm not this. I can't do this. And so again, it's applying this work onto myself and mm-hmm. yeah. And, and really recognizing there are phases like right now I'm seeking more support and help because I need it. And then there are times where like, you know what? I, I'm, I got this. Everything's great. Uh, and you call it the beginner's mind, you know, the, the, the state of humility. Actually, my, my middle name is humility. Oh yeah. No, and yeah, the Chinese word. So it's when you're most humble, that's when you're most free. Like our ego comes in and says, "This, this." It's like when I truly surrender to it. What am I with nothing? What am I with? Am I zero? And oh, you're just you. Okay. Like, what am I? I'm an engineer. I'm a therapist. I'm a conductor. I'm a no, whatever author those are what's yeah who is a completely different question and a, oh, and it's a question you'll probably never truly answer but it's the yeah. drive it's the process it's the journey of asking that that's where i'm at now like who am i like i've done all of these things and when you start to ask that you begin to see you're gonna go deeper with your fulfillment which is really connecting deeper with yourself. That's true fulfillment. Uh We're so attached to, I'm fulfilled if I have a happy life with a family and a job and a car and all of these things. No. Like right now I have a house. I have the book. I have all of this stuff. Like at the end of the day, where can I take this? (laughs) If it's all gone, 
Am yeah. I fulfilled still? If I am, that's a start. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the point that I'm trying to open up space more for now. Like, what is fulfillment if I don't like? How do I create it? How do I create it? Mm-hmm. So it's it's almost like this existential awakening sort of thing. We're like, yeah. Yeah, you're 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 seeing the world as it really is, and you're you're reconstructing, deconstructing beliefs about mm-hmm. who you are, what you are, and what you want to do. Um, and and I, I say take time for that. Like that's why I go on a retreat every year. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing like truly detaching from everything, so you can just be. And that's where the insight comes. That's amazing. Yeah, I like that. It's, it, that that whole who are you, and as opposed to like who am I, as opposed to what am I. That is such a big difference. That it's it's kind of yeah, it's amazing. And you have I don't know. I think you do have the book with you. Do you want to show us uh, what it looks like? Yeah. Yeah. Here it there. is. Yeah. One. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you can. Yeah, there. I can see it. It's got a nice cover, yeah. a little gold there. Heal the source and create lasting fulfillment. Live, love, and laugh. You know, we got you know each of the chapters there with you know pictures and it's 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 a you know it's not a big thick book. It's it's a reference guide. It's something that you know even me day to day. I'm like, okay, am I saying yes to me or what's my lack state or oh. Can I visualize? Can I use my wind journal to create some more confidence? Uh, So in essence, this is, you know, you use this to practice, um, but, you know, best way really, if you want to really dive in to just work with someone, work with a mentor to shift those beliefs. If you want to, you want to make a change, uh, you can. Like, you know, it depends how fast you want to do it. How radical do you want to do it? Some people want to take years to do it or... If you're like me, let's go 90 days. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's get it done. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, now, I do ask this question to everybody. Uh, and it's one of my favorite questions because I learned so much uh, from everybody when I asked this. But it's a, a little girl that asked me this question when she interviewed me once for a school project. And I told her I would ask everybody that I interview. So the question is, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite question <laughs> i think i've 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 asked that many times i've seen so many posts out there and i part of me is like i don't want to use that answer but that the answer resonates with me the most and i think it's john lennon who said i want to be happy mm. yeah that's a good one I think that at the end of the day, that's what we all strive to do. Uh, but we, we go, you know, the first thing we know, what do you want to do? What do you want to have to be, right? Like, what do you want to be? And like, I want to be an astronaut. But that's not a being. That's a doing. That's a having. And being is an emotional state. It's I want to be fulfilled. I want to feel alive. I want to feel happy i want to whatever that means yeah. everybody's different but to me i think that's what i'm like 
right now, that's what I'm striving to do. And if I'm happy, then I can help others to do that too. Exactly. If I'm an, and then he- I'm an astronaut, I can be, help you become an astronaut, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. And happy can change too. For you, It can mean something at one moment and it'll mean something. So there's that continuous, it's, it's not a flat line. There's room for growth. And, and I think that's amazing. That's a great answer. I love it. That's why I love this question because we get different answers. And at the end of the day, everybody wants the same, to be happy, to be loved, to be, you know, mm. and it starts with you. So that's amazing. Um, now, how can people follow you? Because I know you have a, an, an event coming up for your and for your book as well. You have a concert on the go, but how can people follow you, contact you if they want to work with you? How can they reach yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. The the easiest way, healthesource.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Vincent Chang Enterprises, uh, doing some TikTok videos too. But definitely you can reach out through my website and yeah, I've been through you. We're connected. So yeah, um, yeah happy. And I'll answer questions if you want to work with me, just even talk. Like it, it's, it's one of these things you... You never know who shows up in your life, but if you feel that resonance, you feel that connection. It's like I have to talk to this guy, or I like same yeah. how we ended up in the same boot camp. Or, you know, That's you right. know like, he you know, Jerry's. I have to be on this. Right? I didn't right. know him at all. Like yeah. random. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you feel it. Follow your gut, and and this is all about learning. Like you can't mm-hmm. lose. When you learn, when you go and seek out more curiosity and, and discover yeah. yourself. So, yeah, heal the source. I'll put, that in. So, yeah. I'll put that information in the description and in the comments as well when uh, when this, this airs so people can reach you. And one last thing very quickly before we go. Is there any advice or wisdom that you'd like to share? You wish you would have had when you were younger. And you know that that would have made your life a little easier. Is there any kind of advice you would like to share (laughs) to be taught or to be modeled a whole different belief system around being different Mm. i really wish that that there was even though there was accommodations made for difference but it was done in a way that really segregated and created still that rejection state um, to have a, and I think this world is what we're striving for. How Mm -hmm. do we accept each other, even though we're different, different religions, different races, different thoughts, different genders, different, all of these things. Yeah. And, and it's, and I think there's a lot more work to be done. But that to me would would have changed everything. Like, you know, yeah. the fact that because I'm different, I'm not something wrong. There's not something wrong with me. That's exactly. the association. That's the belief right now. Yeah. Let's oh, you're preaching that. to the choir. Yeah, let's change. That's what I'm working on. <laughs> especially, in, especially in the <laughs> schools. Your your different is your superpower. I was I was trying different as well for the way that I learn and the way that I I behaved so yeah and then every child goes through that so adults can relate absolutely I love that let's change that everybody that's listening let's change that well yes. thank you thank you so much and so like I said I, I could go on forever uh I love talking to you and it's so nice that we do when we do connect we kind of 
kind of uh, catch up and realize we're still kind of going through the same things. It's amazing. So thank you so much. And for everybody listening, uh, make sure again to like, follow, or subscribe to that channel. Make sure that you follow Vincent as well with all the amazing work that he does. And uh, until then, everybody stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much.